today. I am here to give you the assurance that I have not forgotten you. If we want to see the new evangelization become more than just jargon, if we want to see it grow legs and gain traction and change the world, we have got to take seriously our responsibilities as husbands and fathers and especially as sons of God. I want to propose to you then that something that our world is desperately in need of in the midst of this crisis is Catholic Christian masculinity. If you want to be a good father, then bring your children to confession with you. I can't get there unless I become a man of ascesis, a man of asceticism, a man of training. A man not doing penance, a man not disciplined, he's not a man. You guys have upped your game. You know what, guys, I gotta say, I, I love this the concept of man show. Warning, the Catholic man show is about to begin. Welcome to the Catholic Man Show. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side, so raise your glass. Adam Minahan here. Thankful to be sitting with my best bud, David Niles. Thank you. I'm glad that you uh, decided to get out of the hospital. Yeah. Yeah, I took a vacation. You took a vacation? Yeah, well, just, you know, the reviews looked good online. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the thing is, though, Dave... The food was just okay. The food mm -hmm. was just okay? Yeah, yeah. The thing, though, is, man, you know, you really upped your game for Lent the first two weeks, and now it's, like, all downhill yeah, What are you going to do now? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Like, you can't peak early. Yeah. You know, you, what are you, you, you going to do for Holy Week? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm gonna have to figure that out. How, how, was, how was the service, by the way? The service was good. Oh, good. Actually, the service was really good. Uh, you know, like you just pick up a phone and they bring you opioids. That's okay. I mean, it's just it was. <laughs> it was pretty. It was, it, yeah, it was like really like that's good service. Yeah. You know, and without even saying anything, and there's just and just, it's all totally fine. Yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. Totally yeah. legal. Totally. As well. Yeah, I mean, it's all legit. It's yeah. on the up and up. Yeah. So, but you're feeling yeah. good. Feeling great. Yeah. You are you gonna take any shots to the body anytime soon? You gonna sure. Get oh, into yeah. the ring. No, no problem. So do you have like a, any bionic parts? No, oh. I don't actually. Okay. So just in case, for people who don't know, I had a collapsed lung a couple weeks ago, and uh, that was unexpected. Um, in fact, it was the day after we recorded our last episode. Thank you. Hit something on your nose. Thank you. It was driving me crazy. Good looking yeah. out. Good looking yeah. out. Yeah. And on the last episode, I had talked about how I had been praying, Lord, I am willing to suffer yet more. Mm. And uh, so I had been praying that for like three days. And then I had this collapsed lung, went into the hospital, and they put a chest tube in to resolve the issue. And there is no shortage of suffering involved <laughs> with a with a chest tube. Mm. It's it's actually it doesn't hurt unless you move or breathe. So as long as you're not doing one of those two things, it's fine actually. Uh, but if you choose to do, but, but turns out right, you, you do have to breathe. Right. Yeah. But if you engage your free will and decide to move or breathe. Then there will be suffering involved. <laughs> Prayers answered. Glorious suffering. Yeah. Yes. So, it, it, do you still have like a hole in your like? What's uh, going on? What's so going on in, your, like in a, this region I, of I, your body? I have like. Well, now it's closed. The hole was very small. Okay. So, um, is it closed up? Mm -hmm. Now it has. Did they have stitches? Did they stitch it up, or uh -huh. they no, just it was super glued it? It's small enough so that they just put a bandage over it and it closes. Nice. Yeah. We haven't introduced our guest yet. We're super bad at, at, at yes. as being hosts. 
John, I'm so glad you're here. I'm, dude, I'm sorry. We did not introduce. We're like three minutes in. Haven't introduced our guests. We're, what, what are we doing? We're, we're a little rusty. I'm we're, sorry. We're welcome back. How selfish. Yeah, yeah super selfish. selfish. John Sablon from World of Blaze is here in studio with us all the way from California. John, thank you for being with us. I'm blessed and honored to be with you, brothers. To yeah. be in the studio. Mm-hmm. You gave a dynamite talk yesterday on the domestic church. You pulled... Um, uh, references from the apostolic letter that our bishop gave from uh, uh, Bishop David Condorlove. I mean, you integrated that well. I mean, it was it was a phenomenal yeah, talk. Yeah, it's very well received. Thank you, brother. Yeah. So, tell us a little bit about World of Blaze. What you got going on? Yeah, World of Blaze is a, a nonprofit Catholic apostolate that's really dedicated to, to faith formation and evangelization. So, we started primarily with uh, conferences. We started with men's conferences, and now we're up to uh, we'll be we'll have f- five conferences this year. So we'll be up to 15 conferences, and really we focus on the domestic church. Um, so we started with men, a men's conference, then we moved to a women's conference, then we moved to a family conference. We added a uh, vocations conference to promote both vocations, mm, religious life awesome, and awesome. marriage a life, as well as single life. Um, and we just added this year, because of the state of the world and the church, a spiritual warfare conference. So nice. really it's just trying to bring to our diocese, it's our effort, uh, my wife and I, another couple friend of ours, as well as a priest friend of ours, we wanted to be able to serve our local diocese, because we always had to drive to different places. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in Northern California, so you had to drive either to LA or to the San Francisco Archdiocese or somewhere further. Uh, mm-hmm. So we're like, why do we need to do that? Why don't we just start our own uh, grassroots effort? So that's what World of Blaze is really about. Takes its name from, as you see, the Dominican cross. I'm a third order life professed Dominican along with my wife. So it takes its name from the 14th century saint Catherine of Siena. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are who God made you to be, you'd set the world ablaze. Talk about a warrior. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. To bring the, the Pope back after 65 yeah. years in Avignon, France, right? Yeah. To be able to like be a man. Speaking and of manhood, be a man and get your butt back right. to home. Yeah. No yeah. kidding. Yeah. Coming like a woman is calling out, mm-hmm. you know, like, but people exorcists used to drive, like if they were, had a, someone that they were trying to exercise, mm-hmm. they would drive them just it by. <laughs> and, uh, because often if she glanced out the window and saw the person, that was enough to liberate the person wow. from from their possession, just a glance, because she was wow. so holy. Oh, yeah, I, I believe it. Yeah. I mean, and unbeknownst to my wife and I, we were actually married on her feast day. So uh, that, that is, is awesome. That, I love when those things happen. I'm sure yeah. that's just a coincidence. Oh, sure, <laughs> right. totally. I mean, yeah. it just happened to be that you know the stars aligned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you know but uh, but we we actually incorporated World of Blaze on her feast day to, to kind of honor, honor that. So we'll be incorporated here uh, four years. Mm-hmm. In this April, so mm-hmm. we're just uh, really grateful to be able to do the work of God. And seems like this last year, things have really starting to take uh, take you know um, uh, catapult forward. And just World of Blaze actually going not just local but even global with the, the the content that we're putting on. So we'll see what the Lord does. You know, sure. At one point during that journey, I thought we were going to have to just kind of shut it down, and then the Lord said, "Nope, not ready for that." So psych. Yep, not doing it. Right. We did a phenomenal job. If you guys are listening. Considering hiring somebody to come out to your parish, Linton Mission, um, any kind of men's conference or anything like that, highly suggest getting getting a hold of John. What's your he, favorite he thing to speak on? Like, what's what would you say is your sweet spot of? Yeah, uh, not I, not I'm not trying to typecast you, you know, yeah. as a speaker. I, yeah, because yes, you are. No, I'm not. I'm just yes, curious. I'm really just curious. <laughs> yeah. So I would say there's there's a couple. I, if I was to narrow it down to maybe the top three, uh-huh. um, definitely the the power and tra- transformative uh, or the transformative power of God's love. Just mm-hmm. you know, we're gonna be talking a little bit about that today. But just my own 
conversion story. Yeah. Um, so recognizing what happens when you surrender your life to God and what that means and what mm-hmm. that looks like actually. Yeah. Um, definitely the domestic church. I think it's my own personal experience and uh, what I come from and what I live today. So anything that's focused around the family, um, I believe very much as we spoke about last mm-hmm. night that the problems of the world are related to the problems of the church and the problems of the church are related to the problems of the family and the problems of the family are related to the problems of marriage. And as we talked about last night, the problems of marriage are typically related to the problems with the guy. Yeah. Right. That's knuckleheads. So, uh, of course, so uh, men's spirituality and then, of course, evangelization. Right. Just how mm-hmm. do we uh, become missionary disciples? How yeah. do we help? I mean, what's the true sign of a disciple? A disciple makes disciples. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So okay. I, I would say those are kind of the top three. And, you know, like we have that call to make new disciples, Mm -hmm. I found it's a lot easier just to have a lot of kids than it is to convert anybody. So, like, (laughs) there's different approaches to doing that. (laughs) If I could just create 10 Christians before I die, that would be a life well lived. I'll just have 10 kids (laughs) and baptize them all. Yeah. Nice. Check. So, uh, you know... To honor tradition, let's talk a little bit about what we're drinking. This so are, this is your first time to listen to Catholic Man Show. We typically uh, uh, open review and enjoy a, a drink, and then we highlight a gear and get into a topic. But today, because we have a special guest, we're going to jump into the topic basically uh, here in just a couple of seconds. We just had an. Uh, what a are we cafe. drinking? Members Mark Purified Water. Where? What is Members? I've never heard of that. That's like Sam's or Costco. Oh, oh well, it's got it's mineral enhanced for taste. And I, the taste of this water. It feels wet. Man, there but is just... But you had a cafe Americano, mm. is what you had. My wife was uh, wow. very gracious enough to, to, to supply us all with a cafe Americano. I do like... I, I'm a fan of the Americano, actually. All it is... I don't is, know is why. It's like, let's it's concentrate a, the coffee so that we can water, water it, down. it down. You know, Sounds like, very Americano. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't... Yeah, but... It's very good. I already had mine. I was, yeah. had mine waiting on. I had on a, me- a Mexi- Mexican coffee. God this bless Haley as well. for for yes pouring us this cup. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're that's what we're drinking uh, this morning. It's also morning time, so you know to to like have a scotch in the morning is probably not uh, prudent at mm-hmm. times. That's what other people say anyway, and so so we're abiding by the rules. We don't want to scandalize anybody, right? So so we're not, we're not doing that, uh, John. It's a uh, uh, give give your website at worldablaze.org. Yeah, it's worldablaze.org. Yeah. Uh, the other best way probably to go to is johnsablon.com. So just J-O-H-N-S-A-B-L-A-N.com. And you can get to World of Blaze from there as well. You've got, you've, you've got the thing that, you know, if you want to market yourself, your name already rhymes. Yeah, right. You know, like... John Sablon, that is a celebrity name. If you know what I mean, like it you just know, people rolls off the tongue when they if they try to pursue fame, they'll change their name to being mm-hmm. something that sounds better than whatever their parents gave them. Well, like they're trying to shoot for what you already got. I think yeah. I was actually going to write my name into the, uh, the 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 voting the election oh, about, be... just to see what would happen uh-huh. if people just kind of caught on to yeah. John Sablon mm-hmm. for that very reason. Yeah, okay. Good idea. It could work. It could maybe. Yeah. Like, ooh, I like that guy. Yeah. I don't know yeah. why. Yeah. Just feels good. Just it feels like it. It's, there's a rhythm to that. Yeah, mm-hmm. it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when we get back, we're gonna we're gonna talk about something we've never talked about before. We've had guys ask us to talk about it, but uh, we haven't had the the right guest really, I think. And so we're gonna talk about uh, father wound yep. and uh, how to heal from that and what it is. Because honestly, I didn't even know what it was when somebody asked me about it. I was like, I'm not really sure what you mean by this. So. 
we'll, we'll, we'll jump into that. We're here with John Sablon. We will be right back. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan and Mr. John Sablon from worldablaze.org. Okay, so uh, typically, sometimes we have a, we talk about a man gear. We're foregoing the man gear today and jumping right into the topic. This is a big topic, mm-hmm. which is why we're the father wound. So let's yeah, so let's talk about this. When David and I first started the, the show, we were asking for ideas. They're like, hey, you guys are listening, good. What do you think we should talk about? Hmm. And we had an email come in. We've had several emails come in and say, hey, can you talk about the father wound? When that first happened and I got that email, I, I remember calling uh, our, our good <clears throat> friend, Father Brian O'Brien, I go, I'm not sure what he's really asking because mm-hmm. I don't know what that means. Um, and so then I obviously re- then he told me and I obviously realized, okay, so we're talking why don't, actually, why don't you explain it? It'd probably be better from you. <laughs> I mean, it, it it's obviously self-explanatory in the sense of the father wound, but with if you never had that experience, it's it's a wound from your father. Mm-hmm. Right, right, and, and like, I just didn't even think, like, yeah. So without fathers are, are are hurting their kids, like right, that's yeah. not that's yeah. What does yeah. it does it mean? Is it a black eye? Is it, what does that mean? Right. Is, it father, yeah. is it a, is it a back end? No, yeah. I mean is it's this really a good thing. Like is this discipline? <laughs> yeah. Discipline? Yeah. yeah, discipline. Discipline. No, I yeah. think it's the wounds and the pain and the suffering at the hands of of your earthly father. Mm-hmm. Right? And I think that's the you know we had a, obviously a discussion about in preparing for this show, and it's p- part of the core message. I mean, it's really how I led with the testimony even last night. Right when people first are introduced to. Uh, the person John Sablon they're hearing about that father wound um, and, and the effect that it had on me, on my family of origin, on top of how that, you know, how that basically came into my own uh, nuclear family, you know, mm-hmm. my family now. Um, so it's it, it's very real. And it's a lot of people are going through it, especially in today's world and culture because of the attack on marriage and family, specifically through the father. And, uh, you know, failed male leadership is a, is a real thing we're experiencing for the first time in our, our era, uh, the father wound both in society and the culture as well as in Holy Mother Church. And we talked about that last night as well. So I mm-hmm. would just say it's the wounds, the suffering, the pains at the hands of fathers. Yeah. Primarily, obviously, the, the biological fathers, but that could be a spiritual father as well. Like I said, we're just we're dealing with it in both cases, both spiritually and um, in the familial sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the father plays a very, very important role in the life of a child. Mm. You know, I think maybe a good analogy is just the definition of evil. Evil is not a positive thing that exists. Mm-hmm. It's the lack of a good. Yeah, negation. Yeah. Right, so it's a good that should exist that doesn't. So this void, that is what evil is. And the father wound is similar to that because the father is supposed to provide a good in the life of the child. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something that he's supposed to, you know, whether it's instruction whether it's uh, a feeling of safety or love or, uh, you know, uh, being approved of, you know, whatever it is, the child grows up with that absence in their life. Mm-hmm. And that is really, I think, what creates the wound. It's not, it could be, you know, your dad is an alcoholic, you know, kind of like what you talked about last night. And mm-hmm. that can create a whole brand of different types of wounds, but it doesn't have to be, you know, like my dad beat me or right. something quite like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that would obviously create you know, something that that's a father wound as well. Mm-hmm. But 
it could be anything mm-hmm. in, in that vein, just an absent father as well as... Yeah, that's a great, that's uh, a great point, Dave. It's yeah. like, it's not just the physical aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, those are real, but honestly, it's probably not to, to diminish the physical abuse of things, right. but the things that last even far beyond that is the mental, emotional, and spiritual wounds mm-hmm. that are associated with that. So whether or not you're, you're physically wounded by a father, um, a lot of the times it's, it's actually the, the mental, emotional, and spiritual wounds that you have that affect you long after sure. uh, any type of physical abuse would have mm-hmm. occurred. Yeah, and I think it's probably far more common for just the absent fatherhood mm-hmm. uh, than it is the the physical abuse or or whatever. But yeah, I mean that not not to diminish that at all. Yeah, unfor- so unfortunately doing. for me, right, I experienced all of it. Right. So so I I got to you know I I didn't get to. Unfortunately, I was I went through the experience of yeah. It's right. not like it's like oh you got to man. That's oh, awesome. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Man. What a privilege. So, yeah. <laughs> How do I sign up for that? No, I experienced you know physical, mental, emotional uh, uh, abuse. Right. Um, and from from my earthly father, and you know that being said, the things that carried on into my adult, my adolescence, and my adult years were not nothing to do with the physical part of it. And I, a matter of fact, a lot of times he would say, you know, I'd, I'd rather if I'm going to get in trouble, I'd rather just take the physical beating mm-hmm. than everything else. Right. Right. I mean, I'll heal from that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the trauma and the everything else, the psychological effect that it has on you, you know, it 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 stays with us even when we think. I mean, I for a long time, fellas, I did not realize how wounded I was by my father. That was probably the, the, if I was to make one of the key statements to those that are listening, the men out there is a lot of us are walking around out there. Don't even, that don't even realize where we have father wounds. And, uh, until you to start to identify that and face that mirror and face that reality, you can't begin the healing process mm-hmm. because we just bury it, tuck it away. Just it's, it's in our nature, right. To just kind of, you know, to, uh, we're so caught up in the ex- external aspect of our life rather than being introspective. Like, like women are mo- morally, more likely to be introspective and turn inward and kind of reflect, whereas we're like, no, I'm the man. And so there's a lot of men out there, especially in my encounters with men um, through men's conferences and other, and other uh, speaking aspects that don't even realize they have one until it's brought to their attention through my testimony or through the topic of father wound, hmm. you know. So what was your idea of what a father was growing up? Because if mm-hmm. you, you know, if you're saying you've been abused in, in multiple facets, mm-hmm. um, growing up, how, what was your idea of what a father was? Um, very much in my, was he, was he absent at all? Was he, or was he, was he still there? Great, great question. Because sometimes just the physical presence of a father doesn't mean that he's present. Right. So that's sure, the right. part of the issues. We have plenty of fathers who are present in the home that aren't there emotionally, spiritually, mentally for, yeah. for yeah. their wife, for the wife or the, or the children. Mm-hmm. So I had a father who was present in the home. So my idea of fatherhood is really is that of a tyrant. So he, mm. he ruled with an iron fist. Um, it was, it, you know, he, my father was an alcoholic. So anybody who's ever dealt with that understands the, the trauma, humiliation, and just the anxiety, right? Mm-hmm. You didn't know what you were going to get that day. You just knew it wasn't going to be good. Right. Because we knew dad was going to come home and he was he was he's going to be drunk. That's just every day. Yeah. What's going to set him off? Yeah. What's going to set him off? So a lot of the things that we did was to make sure that we could try to try to safeguard setting him off. Eggshells. Walking on eggshells all the time. Right. And and to give an example of how that affects you in your life. Well, what do I do in my own, when I started my own family, I made sure that things were in order. So I did things not out of true charity and service to my wife or to my kids, but because of that conditioning, to just say, well, I don't want to set anybody off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you over overcompensate. Yeah, 
overcompensate. And then there's just so much that the devil works on in you to say, well, look. So then he jumps on that. The evil one is like, well, look, they don't even appreciate you. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm doing all of these things. Like, you know, if you know anything about love languages, you know, I did a lot of, of charitable acts through service. And but it was really not charitable because I was doing it because of my own experience as a child to make mm. sure things aren't out of order. It was just my natural response. Right. And that's a good example of you didn't realize, Mm-mm. you know, you weren't trying. It's not like you were consciously saying I'm wounded and this is how I'm compensating for my wound. Yeah. You just thought I'm going to make things better mm-hmm. for my you're just trying to do what you thought was good. Yeah. But it's because of your sense of good, mm-hmm. you know, especially as a role of a, in, as a father mm-hmm. was uh, distorted mm-hmm. because of your own father. Yeah, not realizing that's where it stemmed from. So just to use that as an example, because this is it's like tangible to people. Mm-hmm. So if I was always, you know, make sure that I set up the table and then things were nothing was out of place because you wanted to try to avoid the abuse. Well, I took that into my own family life and I'm just like, I want to make sure like my wife, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to iron clothes. I'm going to cook clean, get you gas and everything else. That's how I thought I was communicating love. But really it was it was an effect of my own experience with the abuse. My wife's love language is quality time. Ah, so she didn't actually care about all the things you were doing for her. And my love language is uh, physical touch. Uh So it's like we're speaking German, French, and Chinese in our house, and we don't understand why nobody gets each other, right? Right. So I'm, I'm thinking through my own natural instinct to just walk on eggshells that I'm communicating love to you by acts of service. She needs quality time. I'm not giving her quality time. You're I too need, busy doing the service. I'm, yeah, too doing <laughs> right. the service and other things. Just you know, and, She and wants I, to do the dishes with you yeah. and go like, let's go get gas together. Yeah. Right. And I, I need physical touch and she's not going to want to touch me if I'm not spending time with her. But right. I'm telling you, what are you talking about? I'm doing all of these things for you. Yeah. So that's a, 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 you know, one example of how that, uh, that experience led to really some difficult times in the family life. Yeah, because I didn't realize where it stemmed from. Mm-hmm. You know, that would be hmm. an example of of the father wound. But you know, for me, it, so they, going back to your question though, it it was very much a tyrant and a dictator. It wasn't one of mercy. It wasn't one that um, there was just a dichotomy. You know, and so what happened in that sense is we turned to the rest of the world to see what manhood was like, and uh, you know, we we know what we're experiencing today: false bravado. Right. right. Womanizing, mm-hmm. um, uh, objectification, uh, abdication of any responsibilities as a man. Yeah, effeminate. Yeah. Effeminacy in, in yeah. men. Not feminacy, but effeminacy. Yeah. Right. Just yeah. Like, so you look at the Charlie just, Sheens of the world, the Al Bundys of the world, the Homer Simpsons of the world, just totally aloof, disengaged, disconnected from anything associated with it. So that was what was conditioning my experience right. of what manhood was supposed to be, mm-hmm. was looking to the culture, because internally it was a tyrant non-merciful, totally disengaged. I mean, if the people that are supposed to protect you don't, you know, what do you, how do you, yeah, and if you have this, if you have this hole, uh, you know, and this wound and you're not turning to God to fill it up, Mm -hmm. you're going to fill it up with something, you're going to find something to fill it up. Mm -hmm. And and if it's not God, it's not a good thing. Mm -hmm. Right. And if you're growing up with, without a shelter, Mm -hmm. then you have to learn to protect yourself. What does that teach a kid? Strike first. Mm -hmm. You strike first. So before you can get hurt, you know, Mm -hmm. like, so you end up, hurting other people because you're afraid to get hurt. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of what you mentioned, hurt people, hurt, hurt people. people. Right. Yeah, and I think what we don't realize is that the experience with our earthly father actually affects our ability to experience the heavenly father. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I was hoping to, to mm-hmm. get into as well. Like the, the ramifications of, because as a father, we're supposed to I- emulate what our heavenly father is. And if you have a bad 
earthly father, it's going to be hard for you to connect with our heavenly father. Amen. So when we get back, we'll, we'll jump back into this with John Sablon from World of Blaze, worldofblaze.org, or johnsablon.com. Dave, I'll let you take us out. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. Raise your plastic bottle. <laughs> so, Adam, you've never been to Rome. I know. I keep telling you, you have to drop what you're doing and go. Dude, it's on my bucket it's list. It's on the bucket list. I know, man. Look, you've got St. Peter's Basilica. You've got Assisi, which is just a day trip away. I mean, the whole faith is just right there. Around every single corner in Rome is another church that will just blow your mind. I know. So if you're like me, you want to go to Rome, but you don't know where to begin, check out our show notes. There's a banner that says Select International Tours. Click that banner. They know how to turn your bucket list into reality. They've been doing this for over 30 years, so they know what they're doing. Check it out. That's Select International Tours. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. Here with John Sablon today and our good friend David. He's back from the hospital. Good to be back. Oh, we have also have Jim and Juan on the buttons. So we have a full house today. Thankful for, to have everybody here. John, we're talking about the father, father's wound. Mm-hmm. And right before the break, we were talking about the ramifications that it would have spiritually mm-hmm. uh, with fa- having a father's wound, especially having... The idea of a of your earthly father, if it's perverted or like distorted, it's going to affect the way you view our heavenly father. Mm-hmm. How was your prayer life at the time when things were chaotic in your house? Did you have a prayer life at all? Was it mm-hmm. like, you? You told a story yesterday about how like a prayer life kind of saved uh, a prayer kind of saved you from possibly death. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. how, how was your prayer life at that time? You know, I would say it was, it was very conflicted, right? I think there was always a desire that's written in our, into our hearts to reach out to God, but mm-hmm. had no concept of what that meant, what that felt like. Again, not realizing that I was so wounded. So I was, I think I was, God has been working on me for a long time, along with, you know, our Blessed Mother and St. Joseph and many of our patron saints. But it, uh, to be honest, it was just, there was a dichotomy in me dichotomy in me Mm -hmm. and so what i wanted so i was just struggling with so many of these wounds so Mm -hmm. many of my um imperfections and temptations that uh, you know that that prayer seemed to lack any it just wasn't efficacious in my life or at least i so i thought and and i god was so far removed from me just Mm -hmm. because again as your point as the point you made before the break was that we are supposed to image we take the name father right right from our heavenly father and when your experience is that it, it, meaning a negative, uh, you know, uh, tyrant, um, lacking mercy, uh, just inflicting pain, no spiritual life, no emotion. I mean, what do you, that's what we're passing on. Yeah. And so I think even, f- especially for the men out there is we are going to be the first encounter with God, specifically as God, the father to our, our wives and our children. So if they don't see mercy from how they're gonna? How is gonna? How are you gonna listen to the story of the prodigal son, the merciful father? Yeah. How are you gonna? Yeah. So prayer, it's like it's a dialogue, it's mm-hmm. a relationship, right? So I didn't, I didn't have that, um, and I didn't know how to have that. Of course, I had, of course, the the guidelines and the structure and traditions of our church, but I didn't have that personal encounter, mm. and and I think that it was a struggle for me for a long time. Again, just walking around not realizing how wounded I was. Right. Because if we're if God is Father, mm-hmm. you know, and you're 
concept of fatherhood is one of a tyrant. And it's like, well, I don't, mm-hmm. I'm going to stay away from I that guy. That. Like, mm-hmm. I'm trying to get rid of tyrants in my life. Mm-hmm. But there's an interesting uh, psychological phenomenon that happens in very small children. So when a child is born, the child identifies their perception of themselves is wrapped up with their mother. Mm-hmm. So they they have very difficult, they, they struggle or they can't distinguish themselves from their mother in, into toddlerhood. So in their, in their mind, mom and me are the same person. Mm. So the father is the very first other in the life of a child. Mm. So literally, the father represents the world. The father is the world mm. to your children. And so what they see from their dad this it's like ingrained at a very deep level psychologically that the way dad behaves is the way a person is supposed to act in the world mm-hmm. because that is he is the, that being the first other mom is mom and i were the same mm-hmm. but dad like that's the one i learned from mm-hmm. so there really is i mean it, that kind of it goes to explain i think a little bit of why is it when people grow up without a father they're so much more likely to end up in jail you yeah. know the, the list is very long mm-hmm. about the problems that you're more likely to have if you grow up without a father. Mm-hmm. And I think it also goes to explain why people are leaving the faith so much today. Mm-hmm. Because we have a divorce culture that's rampant. I mean, you know, it's like everybody knows... No fault divorce even. Like, you know, right. if I don't, don't like you anymore, yeah. I'm just going to leave. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's contract versus covenant, as we were talking about last night. Exactly. Right? If, if, if I... If, if I'm, we're not compatible anymore, then I just trade up, trade out, trade in. Yeah. I mean, that's the idea. Or just go do whatever I want to do, but you're no longer of service to me. Right. Yeah. And so if that's the way dad behaves, and if that is a reflection in your mind, even if you're not conscious of that, because once again, this is at a deep psychological level, mm-hmm. then now you're portraying those same traits to God. Well, mm-hmm. why have him? I'm yeah, just going to be nothing. Oftentimes we are doing that. We're projecting that experience onto God yeah. as if he's the one responsible for it or if he's the one who is at the, at, you know, at the root or the source of this. But one of the things you bring up, because you know, the ramifications on the spiritual life, I mean, mm-hmm. we've probably all heard of that study. It's, I think it was a Swedish study back in the 90s that speaks about uh, when the father takes the, is at the helm of the spiritual life and, the, and he's a spiritual head of the home which he is obviously Mm -hmm. but the roles of the mother and the father if the mother's leading the family in the faith it's like single digits two percent right that the kids have any any likelihood of faith in adolescence or adulthood whereas if the father leads and and even the mother is disengaged then that swings to like anywhere greater than 65 percent so just by putting the role with the father and so so people will say so why do you think that is yeah that that was leading right into that so this is not like a catechism paragraph or a church document, but this is what I've really pondered over the course because people ask me that, John, why? Because it seems unfair, right? Mothers are always, so this is what I Moms are holier. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, if you think about it and you think about how we're, uh, how we're created from the earth and of the, of the dirt and Eve was created from, from, out of within Adam, so you think I about think they, they took all the good stuff. They probably did, yeah. but they're more introspective, right? That was so our moms, best rib. That was so, our best rib. Well, moms yeah. by their very the maternal aspect of within them that mm-hmm. God gave them the, the ability to co-create and to actually give give life and bear life, because of that intrinsic tie to the child, a bond that we will never know as fathers ever. Mm-hmm. Even right. if we think we can self-identify that, we can't. Right. Right. No matter what, I will never know what it means to bear the life the way my wife bared life with our with our children, and moms can agree that moms are just expected to love. 
no matter what. Mm-hmm. Moms, just like moms are the ones, you know, oh, faith, women are just supposed to be faithful. Who fills most of the pews today? Women. Right. They're just more open to God. Fathers, so this is the why. Fathers choose to love. Fathers choose to have faith. So in a child's eyes, mom is there always. You're one with me. You're always supposed to love me. Mm-hmm. Just basically what you just said on right. the psychology. You're always supposed to be there. Because you love yourself. To, yeah. So this is, but dad chooses to love me, mm-hmm. chooses to be present, chooses to talk to me about God, chooses to bend the knee before the Lord, chooses to read sacred scripture, chooses to be at my football game, chooses to be blah, 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 fill in the blank, chooses to open up his heart to me. Mm-hmm. Mom is just supposed to. You right. know, by by the very fact that she's one, she's given her body. So that was kind of my my reflection, if you will, of, of why the difference? Because it seems so unfair. Um, and you know, I think that's part of my that was a big part of my struggle is my father made a choice. Mm-hmm. You know, and maybe that's a choice that he. You know, people will say, well, maybe he was doing the best. I'm, not, I'm never trying to demonize my family or my father. Sure. He comes from a, generationally a lot of issues yeah that's what happens though is that one father leads to the next father mm-hmm. doing the same thing generational next, sin right generational yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and exactly. you have to have somebody that's breaking that yeah i mean i would say that's the, the case for both my wife and i is that we're you know we always say yeah people were proud of us that we were first generation college students but we're first generation cycle breakers we broke yeah. dysfunction right we broke abuse we broke um just so so much wounds and that's what we should be doing Right. That and that's the a message of hope for especially the men out there that are struggling with this is that it's never too late to change. It's never too late to heal. It's never too late to to just own that and own that decision, but do something about it. So whether you're uh, you're not a father yet or you're you are a father or you're a grandfather or you're a great grandfather and maybe you've contributed to that father wound. I know I have. Mm-hmm. Right. Um it's never too late. Just because children are out of your home doesn't mean you can't do something about it. But I, I would say it's it's a matter of choice. Love is a decision. We know that it's more than just an emotion. But for for a father in particular, you choose whether or not you know you're present to your to your child. Right. Well, I think that that I mean I think all of us because we're all broken. We're all we're all going to contribute in some way to a father wound. You know, we're all we're not going to live up to what you know our heavenly father is. Right. And so we're going to have these issues where we, we, we let our kid down. Now, mm-hmm. the thing, the difference in a father wound that continues and a father wound that can start healing is a dad who realizes that they're making a mistake and comes back and says, son, daughter, I messed up. Mm-hmm. And I did not mean to, I should not have talked to you that way or I should not mm-hmm. have handled this situation the way I did. Dad messed up. Mm-hmm. And dad's going to ask uh, mercy from God. And, and dad's want you to know that I'm very sorry mm-hmm. for what I've done. Mm-hmm. That's the difference, I think, in how generational sin can happen and how you can break it. You have to mm-hmm. re- recognize it and then, you know, swallow your pride enough, be mm-hmm. humil- uh, humble enough to to ask for that forgiveness. Because it's, t- it's tough to, like, you know, you always, you're trying to raise your kids. You're trying to make, you know, ha- have them... Uh, aware of when they do wrong to make sure that they're saying they're sorry whenever they do to have manners Mm -hmm. it's it's and it's easy to do that with little kids and then you 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 point it back at you and you you have to reflect on yourself and saying well how am i uh exemplifying what i'm trying to promote to my kids Mm -hmm. and that i think is the 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 deepest part of when we when we fall and also, they it gives them an understanding of okay, 
dad really is trying his best and, and it gives you more your uh, it gives you more weight it gives your your word more weight it's mm-hmm. like okay even when he does mess up he comes back and says i'm sorry right that's how you heal the wound right yeah. i mean mm-hmm. i'm, assu- I'm no, assuming no. yeah i would say absolutely i think that's a part is the the humility is really key and even in my own conversion from i had to own a lot of things with both my wife and my children because I was, it, we can't we can't deify our spouses or one another, right? To say our fa- our fathers or our mothers should be perfect or our children. Sure, you know, we can't we can't put that on them, projecting what belongs to God in His per- perfect love, that we should expect that from our. We're going to set ourselves up for failure. We can't expect that from our spouses or our children. Okay, so when we get back, maybe we can talk about like how we heal mm-hmm. and and how we can avoid it as fathers. Amen. Let's do that. All right, we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan and John Sablon. Talking about the father wound. Uh, so, John, uh, my question for you is at some point you had a conversion. It, this, your conversion came after you had children. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people would say, you know, how am I supposed to turn the ship around? You know, the, you build up so much momentum over time, you know, headed in one direction, and now it's like, oh, I found Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't lay this foundation, right? I'm just, yeah. I'm my my kids are going to look at me like I'm a hypocrite if all of a sudden, oh, you know, and you kind of mentioned this, like I'm dad, a Jesus guy, dad found Jesus, and now we're all supposed to just like, mm-hmm. you know, change our lives. Like I'm doing the things you taught me, dad, and now mm-hmm. you t- now you're telling me I'm wrong for doing the stuff that you taught me. You mm-hmm. know, like. That's a common, common question. Great, great question. A common thing. And I think Adam had mentioned it. It's, it's humility. I had to eat so much crow mm-hmm. in my house and had to face so many failures and mistakes. And I think that's what we, we fear as people, but definitely as men, is, is accountability yeah. and, and owning it. So you best believe that during that journey, during that point where I, I had the conversion, that they were so used to dad saying sorry and then going back and doing something again or losing my temper or whatever it was that yeah. we were struggling with in our own family life that it was like, yeah, we'll see how long this lasts. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sure. I mean, it was like, oh, OK. Your we're sorry up. didn't really mean much. Yeah, exactly. Because your your actions spoke louder than your words. Totally. And you have to know that that's coming. Like you have to realize that. And if you really are and if you and honestly, if you're really about the change, um, which is why the grace of the sacraments is so important. It helps sustain you during that journey in the desert, which seems really yeah. long and, uh, you know, just it's just long, lonely and difficult and, and impossible um, because I face that with my kids mm-hmm. and, you know, and my wife. Like, yeah, we'll see how long this lasts. Oh, oh, Mr. Jesus now. Yeah. Oh, we're all about the Catholic faith now. Hmm. Oh, we're going to pray the family rosary now. OK. And it's just like and so we would have those moments of contention and they would still come along but they didn't they there was no yeah we'll see how long this lasts they were kind of doing like all right we'll do it just so we can get it over with and yeah or you know i'd have my failures right going through this and you know just realize that we're a a saint isn't somebody who's perfect it's somebody who picks himself back up you guys know that right right. so i would have those points where i'd come back i'd come home from mass or from the chapel and they know that and i'd lose my temper i'm like oh how was mass (laughs) oh how was the chapel Mm. 
Mm. Right. And it's, and it, and I, I would, I deserve that. Right. And yeah. it checks you. And I had to, I mean, it was my own self-reflection. I mean, I really had to humble myself. I had to eat crow. You're right. You're mm-hmm. right. And when I had those, I remember there was this one powerful moment and, um, where I think there was a desire that they want to believe that you're true about it. There's a desire, of course, right? They don't want to feel like you're being inauthentic or disingenuine or a lot or lying to them. They want to feel, but they don't trust you've broken that trust. Right. right. You failed in that leadership. So I remember this one yeah, time. Kids want their dad to be perfect. Of course. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's what they, There's they a natural want. Desire. You, yeah. Right. They want, they want to be, be like, dad was Awesome. Like, on, like I'm so proud of dad. Mm-hmm. You know, like he was the isn't, perfect man. Isn't that how the whole game in kindergarten of my dad can beat up your dad started? Maybe, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, hey, just bring your dad because my dad would just uh, you know, my, my, my faster, stronger, yeah. smarter. Well, I think but that that's reserved for God. I think that's the part where we're trying to help people is saying, look, that expectation you have, just mm-hmm. like you want your spouse to be perfect, mm-hmm. right? You're looking at the dress in the window. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, You're not yeah. looking when it's on where it needs some alteration and uh-huh. some modification. So that idea of deifying our spouses or our parents or our children, that's reserved for God alone because he's the only one that's perfect. Right. And I think that's the challenge we get into is when we expect our fathers, our, our, our mothers, our children, or our you know spouses to be perfect and without failure. So when we do fall, we have to, we have to own it and we have to make reparation and we have to make it right. But there was this one particular moment, I remember my son told me, he, he, we had a, you know, a, a challenge. Um, this is my oldest son. Um, so, and we've told, I've told the story numerous times, so he, he's very aware of it, but he, he pointed, he said, you know what, dad, I want to believe, and he points, taps me in my heart. I want to believe that inside here has changed, but you have to understand that this hasn't. So some mm. of the facial expressions you make, some of the mannerisms that you have are still reminders of what I experienced with old dad. But I want to believe that your heart's been changed for Christ. Wow! Right, and it, it's very yeah, insightful. What, what, yeah. yeah, what a mature like. Yeah. What a grace for you as a dad mm-hmm. to have wisdom mm-hmm. poured out upon you from your from Amen. the one you're trying to lead. You know. Amen. And, yeah. and honestly, my, me and my oldest said we you know we we used to butt heads the most. Uh-huh. He's the middle child. I'm the, I was the middle child, and there was a lot there, and it was just like yeah, it really humbled me because I didn't see it from from their perspective. Mm-hmm. I figured I'm trying. <laughs> Right. Right. I'm trying to, to do. Can't you see all that us as men? Right. Can't you see all the things I'm doing? And it's like you're not listening. Right. And so uh, when you start to see, I think just own it, just own it, own it, own it, own it and be ready for that journey. Right. And once you start to build just like, you know, trust is easy to lose, hard to gain back and recognize that you're going to have to your actions are going to have to be uh, congruent with your words more so than you even ever imagined. And I think so for those out there, it's like humble yourself. Mm-hmm. Be ready to eat crow. But if you're really about it, I, you know, I would tell my wife and my kids, you know, I'm going to I know I haven't been the perfect husband. I know I haven't been the perfect father, but I'm going to spend every breath that God allows me to breathe from here on out, making reparation for that and, and doing a better job that you are that important to me that I'm going to I'm going to ask the Lord to transform me. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Really. Right. By the way I think, by the way I feel, by the way I speak, the way I act. And the more you immerse yourself in the sacraments and the grace of the sacraments, the, the easier that becomes. Right. Okay, yeah, so that I was, think that, that hits the nail on the head is that I haven't been the dad that you need me to be. But I'm not just because I haven't been. I'm not going to let that happen in one more day. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, 
I, I'm going to be the dad you need me to be. I don't care what it costs mm-hmm. because you need mm-hmm. me to be this person. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm not just going to keep perpetuating because, oh, it's hard. Mm-hmm. Oh. Again, going back to that point I made about it's a decision now. Right. Mm-hmm. That choosing to love is a decision even when you don't love me back, even mm-hmm. when you don't, I don't get the desired response, even when you don't believe me, even when the, the, everything's against me, that I'm going to choose to love regardless. That's true love. Mm-hmm. That's the cross. Right. That's a crucifixion type love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if our wives and our kids can see that, that even when you're like, yeah, okay, I do it anyway. Yeah. That's the good thing about it. It's like, yeah, is it hard? Yeah. But you know what? Praise God. You were made to do hard things. You're mm-hmm. a man. Amen. You're right. made for hard stuff. Right. Okay. Yeah. But okay. So, you, so your battle plan has to change, right? Mm-hmm. So if you've decided like, I'm going to change, like I, I have, I failed you, but now I, like now that the tide has turned, mm-hmm. but that means internally, interiorly, you have to change your, your game plan. Like mm-hmm. you can say all these things and that, that sounds really good, but mm-hmm. if dad's taking it seriously, his internal, his spirituality has to change. Uh, in order to conquer these vices, you have to cooperate with God's grace and you have to pre- present yourself to God more often. How did you do that as a dad? You, when you realized, okay, I'm changing. Mm-hmm. You can you can show all this stuff outside, but you have to do stuff on you. How mm-hmm. you have to change your game yeah, plan. Yeah, I started owning my face. So a couple of things out there because I know we're we're always we're pressed for time. But um, you for for those of us that have went through similar type of issues, if if there's mental health, if there's counseling that's needed, get it. Yeah. Get mm-hmm. good professional help. Work through those wounds, heal them. Mm-hmm. Do not think that you can tuck them underneath the rug. Do not think, oh, I'm over it because it'll manifest itself in ugly, ugly behavior right. or in some other form. So get, I'll barn that, get rid of that. The other thing is, look, you know, reflect on your life. What have been your big wounds? What are your big issues? What was your familiar relationship like with your father, with your mother growing up? How did you experience love? What is, where is God in all of this? And you got to find a really good spiritual director and work through that. But so you, it's going to take a lot of work. That's part of the battle plan, mental health counseling, if necessary, spiritual direction, your own diving in internally. What is your prayer life like? You know, are you spending time in the word of God? Are you exercising the sacraments? I mean, you guys heard my story enough to where it's like, you know, I had real big, you know, demons in me. I needed the deliverance prayer prayed over me. Right. And, and, and sought the and that was through the grace of the priest, through the sacrament of confession of reconciliation mm-hmm. that I needed the grace of that sacraments for those bonds to be broken, the chains of the evil one to be to be obliterated. And that allowed me. So why could I get through these before? Well, th- I didn't have the grace of the sacraments. Right. Grace is real. Right? Grace yeah. is absolutely real. So there's that aspect. And it's like, what is the battle plan? You know, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? So what are you going to do every day to grow in your relationship to God? regardless of whatever wants to do in your house, regardless of whether they believe you, are you spending time growing closer to our Lord? Are you becoming Christ, mm-hmm. right? Are you a man after God's own heart? And your actions should prove it. To your point, Adam, if you're not doing it on the interior level, prayer life is the fundamental staple of our faith. You are, If you think you're going right. to do this outside of prayer and outside of the sacraments, you're kidding yourself. You're a fool. Forget about it. Don't even try it, mm-hmm. right? But you're going to have to mm-hmm. be very active in staying in the sacred word of God, exercising the sacraments what is your prayer life like so are you praying just start off with dialogue right. yeah um and then start to work on that relationship with your spouse and are you praying together praying for each other are you doing that with your kids are you praying together are you praying for each other right and then i would say start to to get that will in check okay so we just got a couple minutes left yeah when you were doing this i think a lot of people would say all right yeah i want to be a good dad but i don't know how i don't know how mm-hmm. i don't know what to do there are situations where I don't know what a good dad would do right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. So, did you have a did you have a mentor or a buddy or you mentioned a spiritual director? I mean, mm-hmm. uh, what did you do? Because you know, there's like just 
there's information that someone says I'm missing. Yeah. I don't know how to behave. Yeah. So uh, real quick, because I had a, a, a spirit, my spiritual director and a priest friend of mine who's been with me through everything. He's gave us all the sacraments for the most part, all mm-hmm. my kids. He's been with me through, through Hades and back. Yeah. Um, he was definitely a spiritual father to me. He mm-hmm. led me in the right. He challenged me where I needed to be challenged. I think you need what it's good to find a priest that way, but I think you need to find other men that, yeah. that emulate the character, the characteristics and the attributes of holiness and virtues of a good husband and a good father. That needs to be, we can't do this on our own. Right. We cannot do it on our own. So find other men that are ahead of the game in you that, that, that you can use as a resource and a lifeline. Yeah. Amen. Dude, John, I'm so glad you're uh, you came here today. Only thing is, you gotta you gotta promise you'll come back. Absolutely. Yin. I'll have you. I'll have you. I'll be back as long as you'll have me. All right. All right. Very good. Well, go check out John JohnSablon.com. Uh, have him out to your your parish retreat or the next men's conference that you guys are putting on. Uh, Dave, anything else? We're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass and cheers to Jesus. Cheers to Jesus. Should it ever get? Yeah, you know, uh, interestingly enough, I remember getting a text from um, one of my siblings that said, would you ever want to know if dad was going to die? That's what I got, a text. And I'm like, yeah. And uh, basically he had got uh, diagnosed with stage four lung cancer Mm. and was on his deathbed. And so I had to make a choice literally within, um, I think he was diagnosed um, February 2nd and he died March 7th. Wow. So in that in that time frame, I had to make the choice, and thanks be to God for my my awesome wife. Was this post conversion? Was this AD? Uh, it was on the way. This, so this you is, are you're going through the you yeah, know I, I'm still you're in the struggling. thick of it. Yeah, I'm in the thick of the struggle. Right. And um, thanks be to God for my wife who said you cannot not go see your dad. Yeah. That's just not. She you, was right. She I was mean, absolutely. As you know. Yeah. yeah. She was absolutely <laughs> yeah. right. And so in that time, I got I I. I I sucked it up and I just, it was a way to witness to my kids as well, the the mercy and forgiveness and not to harbor that hate and resentment. And so I, I went to go see him and um, in, in his few words, I remember him saying when I was sitting next to him at one of the times of just visiting during, um, during that month, he had said, I know I haven't always been the best father. And that was literally it. That was the it's only, like, it was like side to side, not even making eye contact and just, I know I haven't always been the best father. And in a way, at least this is what I tell myself, is that's his way of trying to own all of yeah, it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And and then when he no was doubt. on his yeah on his deathbed, he um he uh, all my, while all my family was he was in the hospital basically going in a coma. They asked me to, to lead in a rosary, and, and it was leading in the it was he he held on to life to when everybody got there and until we finished that rosary. He and then he died. And he died. Wow. What a grace. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, you just pray. You never know, but you just, that's why you keep sure. praying. And, sure. uh, you know, I think it's a process for, for a lot of people. When I say, I was talking to Juan about this last night. Did you forgive your father? I said, you know, I, I forgave him. I'm forgiving him and I will forgive. Mm-hmm. It's a process. Sure. So just allow yourself that time to where, um, cause I don't want that on my heart. You know, no, no. Um, I want to. I want to go to heaven, and and if he's there, praise be to Jesus. You know, but I need to focus on me getting me there, my wife and my kids there. So yeah, it's been a journey, and it still is, because yeah. I, I so, certain times I, it it feels heavy, at other times I feel like I'm fine, and other times it's somewhere in between. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's incredible. I mean, but what a grace <laughs> to to, be, to hear him say that. Oh, I haven't yeah. been the best. Mm-hmm. You know, that's it. He didn't that's come out and say, "Please forgive me." Yeah, you know that would have. That's those words go a long way, but yeah. you know, people are where they are and yeah. Christ knows, knows that. And yeah. Christ, God knows his heart. He just right. needs, Christ just needs a crack yeah. to, to get in, yeah. you know, and that's, that's a, 
that's more than a crack right there, yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, no doubt. So absolutely. Praise God. Cool. We good?